Welcome to Market Matters, our markets podcast on Making Sense, the hub for J.P. Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In this episode of Market Matters, we'll hear from the market data and positioning intelligence teams within our data assets and alpha group. They'll be talking about key macro, micro, and political themes in the context of our high-frequency trading data and proprietary signals from J.P. Morgan's markets business. Hi, I'm Eloise Goulder, head of the Data Assets and Alpha Group here at JP Morgan, which includes the market, data and positioning intelligence teams. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Jigger Vicaria and Daniel Landau, who specialise in flows and positioning within the positioning intelligence pod. And I'm looking forward to asking them all about the investor behaviour we've seen amid the market rally since mid-June, with the S&P 500 having gained over 15% in the period since. We'll cover how much buying we've seen to date, which investor types have been buying, the extent to which this market rally has really been a pain trade, and what our data points suggest for the future direction of markets. So Jigger, let's start with you. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Can we dive straight into the questions we've been asked by many clients amid this market rally, i.e. who has been driving this rally and how much has been bought so far? We heard from John Schlegel quite early on amid the market rally. It was on the 12th of July. And John highlighted that positioning levels were looking very light in the context of history back then. So, Jigger, could you explain who has been buying equities since US markets troughed in mid-June and how extensive this buying has been? And could you start with your observations on the hedge fund community? Sure. Thanks, Eloise. What we have seen is buying coming back from our hedge fund clients only around mid-July, i.e. several weeks after the markets has troughed. First, we saw quant funds and CTAs jumping in early, They started buying around early July. This was followed by buying from multi-strat funds around mid-July. And last group to really start buying has been equity long-short funds, which only started buying around last week of July. The magnitude of net buying has been pretty large. Around the long-short funds in North America, the magnitude of covering in 10-day period has only been larger in March 2020 and Jan 21, looking back over the 4.5 years of history that we have. It's important to note that basically all of the buying from various hedge fund strategies within our book has been covering of shorts. Shorts which were typically built up in June. To emphasize this, there are no signs yet of long buying in various hedge fund strategies that we track. In fact, over the past two months, longs were trimmed continuously as well, resulting in sharp degrossing across the regions and strategies. Moving to what we think is happening in CTAs, data from our structuring team suggests they have been buying in equities too, but mainly covering of shorts, leaving them with roughly neutral exposure to equities at this stage. If market grinds higher from here, then CTAs are likely to continue to buy, a point that our chief strategist Marco Kolanovic made last week. Outside of equities, we have seen CTAs covering shorts within bonds, selling energy, and shorting precious metals since mid-June. 
That's fascinating. Thank you, Jigger. Particularly hearing about the sequence of buying from quant funds and CTAs to multi-strats and then most recently to the more fundamental long-short equity funds. Can we just pick up on one key point you made, that the net buying has been primarily short covering rather than outright buying? I'd assume, therefore, that this has been a pain trade or a hated rally. And that's indeed, I think, what we've seen in news headlines and in our client conversations. So would your data support that thesis? Has it been a pain trade for hedge funds? In a way, yes. As we saw material shorting into the mid-June lows, which has generally been reversed lately, that is, those shorts have typically been closed out at higher level given the market rally since June. And when we look at overall hedge fund performance data, globally we estimate that hedge funds were only up a few percentage points over the last two months versus equity markets were up somewhere between 10% to 20% depending on the region. So for many, I am sure this has felt like a pain trade. Having said all this, we are looking at aggregate stats and of course there has been huge amount of variation under the surface. That makes sense. Thank you. I think the last time we saw such a sharp short squeeze or rally in popular shorts was back in Jan 2021, when the retail investor was very heavily involved. So moving from hedge fund behaviour to retail behaviour, has the retail investor been so heavily involved in the market rally we've seen so far? And for our listeners, it's worth flagging that we have a data product which covers retail flows and retail sentiment on social media. And it's a collaboration with our research colleagues and called Through the Retail Lens. And it has been pretty staggering to see the pickup in social media post activity and indeed social media sentiment over the last couple of months. So, Jigger, have flows from the retail investor picked up in line with that? Sure. No, not yet. To put some context around this, the retail euphoria which we saw in post-COVID era with a strong net buying skew most date throughout that period really dropped off from February this year as market fell. If anything, we saw a net selling skew from retail investor in single stocks in the March to May period this year. Since then, retail flows in single stocks have been relatively paired off. Having said all this, we have seen some pockets of retail activity begin to pick up recently, for example, in some of the popular meme stock names. As you mentioned, post volumes on social media have indeed picked up though, and so has the retail sentiment. So this could be a lead indicator for retail inflows, and definitely something to watch for. Thank you, Jigger. So back to positioning. The overall message seems to have shifted from one of very light positioning levels to slightly higher positioning levels and positive momentum in that positioning, i.e. net buying from a number of investor types. So one obvious follow-on question from this is, what does this mean for markets? And Daniel, can I turn to you on this one? Can you explain why positive positioning momentum is often a positive signal and supportive for markets? Sure. Thanks very much, Eloise. So we often draw the analogy of flows and positioning changes being a barbell of predictive power for market returns. Our team's tactical positioning monitor 
signals two main conditions on either side of that barbell, where we tend to see an attractive setup for US equity markets. So on the one side, we have a mean reversion signal, where an outsized reduction in positioning over a four-week period, as we saw in March and May of this year, can be a powerful signal for market performance, as positioning tends to revert higher. During this market rally, however, we find ourselves on the opposite side of that barbell. Our TPM actually flagged a positive momentum shift on August 9th, signaling an outsized increase in positioning, historically followed by above-average gains for the S&P. Now, the four-week positioning increase actually breached over two sigma on August 12th, something we've seen only a handful of times over the last five years, really highlighting the extent of this positioning momentum shift. Having said that, there's a couple of things to note regarding positioning and US market performance around similar past instances of a positive momentum signal. So early 2016 and early 2019 strike us as the most similar prior events, both periods when markets were rebounding from lows and positioning was rising from a low, as we see today. In such scenarios, markets can be quite choppy in the short term as the signal first flags an attractive setup, but 60-day forward returns for the S&P were typically above average, implying the overall risk-reward in this regime could be skewed to the upside over the next few weeks to months. So I guess to summarise, historical data would suggest that the market can keep moving higher, absent any meaningful negative catalyst. However, it wouldn't surprise us to see some choppiness along the way, particularly given the extreme hedge fund short covering, which we think is unlikely to be sustained at these magnitudes. Thanks for explaining that, Daniel. I think there's often a misconception when we discuss positioning with an assumption that the supportive signal for markets is only associated with really light positioning. But in fact, we do also see that positive signal for markets when markets are below peaks, but positioning is improving, i.e. buying can beget buying. And that's the regime we seem to be in now. And also, it's worth harking back to the podcast we recorded four weeks ago now, going through our Signal from the Noise toolkit, where we mentioned then that the start of this phenomena was really playing playing out. We said then our positioning signals are now in borderline buy territory. This is a function of volatility falling and several investor types showing light positioning but positive momentum. So I guess the message for our regular listeners is that positioning momentum has just gone on to increase further since then. So Daniel, as a team, we pride ourselves on using data rather than simply opinion to formulate our views, a philosophy we went through in detail in that podcast four weeks ago. And for that reason, I don't want to stray away from the data for too long. But can we just turn to the why, i.e., Why do we think investors have been buying? And what narrative have we heard from our client conversations? And linked to that, why might markets continue to rally from here? It's a great question. The main positive narrative we hear is the idea that we're getting towards peak inflation. We obviously had a month-on-month fall in US CPI last month. And as such, the view is that the Fed may be able to afford to dovishly pivot with fewer rate hikes going forward, especially into 2023, which could allow the US economy to avoid a hard landing or deep recession. Having said that, it's worth noting that from a hedge fund perspective, as Jigger mentioned, so far the net buying we've seen has been largely short covering rather than longs added, so it's not clear investors are getting fundamentally very bullish yet. 
And indeed, our own client conversations are probably more aligned with this being a bear market rally, where we move lower from here at some stage, rather than the start of a prolonged bull market. So I think there's a lot of lingering uncertainty around the path of inflation from here, and the ability of the Fed to steer us away from a harder landing scenario. Investors might get more clarity from the Fed at the Jackson Hole meeting later this week, which is the closest major macro catalyst. That's a good point you raise on whether this has simply been a bear market rally or a more structural bull market. And in fact, Krupa, I think, has previously mentioned her analysis on prior bear market rallies on this podcast. She defines that as rallies amid a larger 40% market drawdown. And this analysis suggests the average bear market rally lasts about eight weeks and is about 18% in trough to peak magnitude. So on that basis, we've just about fulfilled that in terms of the duration and the magnitude of a typical bear market rally. So it really is a pertinent question right now, i.e. was this just a bear market rally or is it the start of something more sustainable? But finally, before we close, let's turn to the thematics. There have been a lot of factor gyrations this year, first into value and then more recently back into growth, as bond yields and commodity prices have moved up sharply through early 2022 and then down through June and July, somewhat tracking higher and then lower long-term inflation expectations. So Daniel... Over the last few weeks, as markets have rallied and investors have net bought, which themes have really been in vogue? Yeah, thanks, Eloise. So heading into the recent US earnings cycle, we saw hedge fund clients' net exposure to value over growth at around the highs for data going back to 2018. So they had bought significantly into value segments like energy and banks, while positioning was near the five-year lows in areas like mega cap tech, expensive software and biotech. So we have seen this trend reverse in the US to some extent over the last few weeks, more so for equity long short funds, as we've seen some buying in those growthier areas, all consistent with falling inflation expectations and lower bond yields, albeit mainly covering driven buying. On the flip side, from the value angle, a segment typically positively correlated to bond yields, we've seen significant selling in energy over the past month, and flows to banks have been quite muted. So overall, whilst we've seen the value over growth trend reverse slightly, we're watching for signs of a further rotation. Now to touch briefly on European equities, which are often more associated with value than growth, hedge fund flows have been seemingly quite bearish. EMEA is the most net sold region over the past two months in our books, as longs have been sold into the rally and positioning is now close to the lowest in almost three years. In terms of why this may be, it seems investors aren't buying into the US narrative that I mentioned earlier of peak inflation, perhaps given European inflation is printing higher still, as we saw in the UK last week, and the ECB has only just begun on embarking on its hiking cycle. Now finally, turning to China, as we've had quite a lot of incoming questions here, we've seen flows in local China equities on our book, which are mostly sideways over the past few weeks, post-sharp buying in June and selling in the first half of July. We've seen this pattern multiple times in the past, and it would typically suggest that we're in a stabilization phase that comes post the buying, and it can often precede multi-week net selling. Thanks so much for that context. Some of your points, particularly with respect to European markets, are quite consistent with the views articulated by Krupa and Junho in their podcast with me two weeks ago, where they remained pretty cautious on Europe relative to the rest of the world. 
So before we wrap up, let me attempt to summarise your key arguments today. We've seen quite significant net buying from a range of investors amid the market rally, with hedge funds including quants, multi-strats, and more recently, fundamental equity long-short funds buying. The bulk of that buying from hedge funds is likely to have been short covering, and it does point to the pain that many may have felt given a large chunk of shorts were only added in June this year, when markets were 15% or so lower. In terms of what these flows mean for the markets, we often see that buying can beget buying and that positioning momentum can have positive predictive power for markets in the short term. So in this sense, the outlook for markets looks pretty good. The key caveat, however, to this analysis would be that we've just about fulfilled the duration and magnitude of typical historic bear market rallies. And, of course, positioning levels are no longer looking extremely light in the context of history. So we do need to watch this space when it comes to our signals and also the upcoming catalysts. Finally, it's worth noting that our house view from our research strategists is bullish over a multi-month horizon. They see just over 10% upside into year-end. So thank you once again, Jigger and Daniel, for sharing your views today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this bi-weekly podcast from our group. It's worth flagging that for many of the toolkits that we've highlighted today, including Signal from the Noise, the Tactical Positioning Monitor, and through the Retail Lens, these are made available to our clients via datasets or daily graphical emails summarising the conclusions. So if you'd like to explore our team content further or indeed get in touch with us, please take a look at our website at jpmorgan.com slash market data intelligence. And there you can always send us a message via the Contact Us form. And with that, we'll close. Thank you. If you're enjoying this conversation, you can subscribe as well as our other podcasts to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Follow JP Morgan's Making Sense on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of JP Morgan Chase & Co. and its affiliates. Together, JP Morgan. They are not the product of JP Morgan's research department and do not constitute a recommendation, advice, or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. This podcast is intended for institutional and professional investors only and is not intended for retail investor use. It is provided for information purposes only. Reference products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. JP Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures forward slash sales and trading disclaimer.